I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's going on, everybody? This is Ben Askren, and you're listening to T-Row and Funky Show. This is episode 10. We are brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. And our new sponsor, Tommy, is All Force Nutrition. As I've been telling our listeners the last couple weeks, this show's free. So you can check out All Force Nutrition, type in the coupon code FUNKY, and you get 25% off your purchase. So go there, hook them up. That's a company built by wrestlers for wrestlers. What's going on, man? Nothing much, my brother. Just uh, enjoying a, another good weekend of wrestling. Plenty of things to talk about. But before we get into it, Ben, I, I got to tell you, you're, you're you are such a Trump jock that you know I <laughs> wait, can't. Wait, wait. Tell, tell me, I gotta I gotta get this first off my chest. Okay, go it ahead. Drives me crazy. And so you think this probably because you know I retweet a few tweets here and there. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you know that because I don't think Dude, you, you, about lo- you love the, you love Donald. Okay. But so you know what people, uh, people especially on on the Mad dot com forums, you know I read those every once in a while. I think they they're, they're so old and they're curmudgeons that they they think anything that you retweet is something that you like personally think right. But there right? could be a lot of reasons for retweeting something. You could you could retweet something because you agree with it. You could retweet something because you think it's funny. You could right? retweet something because you think it's insightful and maybe you should think about it you could even retweet something because you think the person's an idiot and you want more people to see how stupid they are so are you backtracking you don't like trump no i, I do but i'm, I'm just <laughs> saying there's a lot of reasons there have been other things where i have retweeted and people are like look at what Askren said and i'm like idiots i was making fun of that person and you guys didn't even realize <laughs> it like come on well, we we cover a lot of bases. I mean, we we get into wrestling, we get into steroids. I mean, you name it, we're going to talk about it. We just we just haven't got a whole lot into religion and politics. And I saw you retweeting the Donald. Uh, I've, you always retweet the Donald. Not, and, not too um, often because I don't want to get people too upset. I know how, people are, people are touchy about the politics. Well, I'm I'm I'll be honest. I'm conservative. I so, know. I know. So I'm I you know I I. Uh, embrace the Republican ideals more so than the Democrats. I have plenty of great friends that are Democrats. It's not like I'm some, uh, you know, zealot about you know the Republican Party. But you're not I'm, as much of a Republican Homer as you are a Buckeye Homer. Let's just put it. No, that, way. that yeah, that that's probably a better way of putting it. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I like Donald Trump. Yeah. But but on a person, just personally, I just don't think he's fit to lead. I don't think he has. Leadership characteristics well, that, but that we Tommy's need. been a leader his whole life. He, I don't think he's been a leader. I think he's done deals. I think there's a difference. Well, he's got a company. He's the he's the CEO. I think he so. does deals. I mean, I think he's a transactional guy. I mean, okay. I, I don't. I, okay, so so let's, so would you if Donald Trump was had the same personality was a wrestling coach? Would you want to wrestle for him? 
Um, you know, I don't know him on a personal level. I know what I see. And I like, Tommy, let me give you, I, I wrote down some stuff because I knew you'd come at me. So I knew I had to be yeah. prepared, right? It was a little bit staged, but we haven't talked about, you well, know, our personal viewpoints or anything. So, so. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into the total politics of it because if I talk politics, I can't stand it when people who don't know wrestling try talking wrestling and it's just like listening to two third graders talk about it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so Are I don't want to. Are you wanna... trying to tell me that's what we sound like? Oh, with this i hope we don't but maybe <laughs> so um okay here's four things i just my wife does not really like trump and here's four things i said amy whether you like trump or not whether you're a republican or democrat you have to appreciate these four things about trump you have okay. to and, she, right. and you Shoot. know she's like no hear. no way number one he's spending his own money the if you don't like that you're crazy because all of these other politicians are beholden to the corporations who are backing them we all know that and, and the political process is a little broken because of the amount of money that all these corporations are backing the politicians are allowed to spend. Trump's spending his own money. Right, but he has enough money to spend to That's, be effective. It's still his own, so he must believe in right. himself or he's, you know, what, he's wasting his own money. No, no, I, I, I do like that. So, I do like that. Okay, so you got to appreciate that. Number, I do appreciate it. Number two, he says it to your face. I, I love this, right? So, you know, my wife, especially, Trump's mean. He says this stuff to Jeb Bush. He says this stuff to other people, right? And I'm like, Amy, have you not been watching the political attack ads over the last 10 years? Like, I mean, these things are just na- downright nasty, just ugly, right. right? So while these politicians might act all nice to each other's faces, they're, they're the ones backing these political ads that are just gross, Right. right, and so Tommy, if you don't like me, I'd rather say Ben. I'd rather have you say Ben, you suck. You're a jackass. Than have you go tell ten of your friends how I'm a jackass and I suck. Yeah, but okay. So so he says it to your face, Ben. Yeah, but he he exaggerates his point. <laughs> this guy doesn't as feel as strongly about things as he le- leads the public to believe. He's a sensationalist, and and he corrals people yeah. by by. Exaggerating his opinion um, to get a point across, and sometimes that's effective. There's a platform where I think that that's necessary, and I'm not saying that everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is 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 wrong, because I think there's a there's an element of him being in the race. And I said this, you know, in the first episode, the guy. I love that he doesn't politicize everything. I love yeah. that he's very, you know, he's just he's just in, he's just speaking. There, there's no side agenda other than I want to be the president. Now his motives might be, you know, because I want to be the king of the world. But you know, he wants yeah. to be the president. So and I do wants- like him. I just this, this guy. He, I, I hate the fact that he's a sensationalist. Wait, can't I, wait. I got. I got to finish my point. I don't so. think he's a leader, Ben. I don't think he's a leader. Oh, I think uh, you know. I think one of the things. So he does say things to people's faces. You, Tommy, you got to appreciate that, right? A little bit. Do I mean? Yeah. The, yes. There's a. There's an everything about. About Donald Trump, there's a little bit of it that I appreciate. What if I, you know, what if I like, you know, we were friends and I put this, and then I started putting the political attack ads against Tommy Rollins, like Tommy Rollins. It's Rollins, dude. It's Tommy Ten. Get it right. Tommy Rollins took six at the NCAA championships. He wasn't really that good of a wrestler. That's why he took six at the NCAA championships. Like you know, I forgot to mention you were hurt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, you know, no, I got you. And, you know, why didn't I say it to your face? I might as well say it to your face. I wish there was somebody that just said, you know what, Donald, you can say what you want. And and I, I'm not going to get into a smearing match with you. I just think you're a clown. <laughs> 
They're all too scared <laughs> Let's of see what him. he They're says to that. What would he say to that? I, that look that he gives, and, and the, you know the look. It just, every time he does it, I laugh. So, I mean, okay, I didn't even include this in my list of four, but number five would be you got to appreciate the entertainment quality. I mean, he's freaking hilarious. That look he gives people just yeah. makes me crack up. It's like, <laughs> is he serious? I love is the joking. I mean, I, I he I, when he wasn't running for president, you know, I, I love his shows. I mean, his shows are good. Yeah, including his debates, they get the best ratings. He'll he'll yeah. tell you. Just ask him. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. Okay, number three. He won't back down. Right? He says something. And these politicians make me sick, Tommy, because I, I want—I love a person who stands up for themselves. Like Muhammad Ali was one of my heroes, right? Right. And besides the fact he's a great boxer, one of the things I appreciated most was he stood up for what he believed in. They stripped him of three and a half years of his career for his beliefs, right? And whether I agree with his beliefs or not, he sacrificed a lot for them. So mm-hmm. I, the, the, one of the qualities I love most about people is when they're willing to stand up for what they believe in. And Donald Trump will say something, and the media will say – Blah, 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 this person's mad, that person's mad. He said, that's what I said, that's what I believe, I'm sticking to it, right? Where every other snaky politician backs down, apologizes, right? Yeah. It's from the Terry, you, you, don't make me quote the Terry thing again, right? Mean what you say and say what you mean. Yeah. And I love that. And no other politician does that, period. Yeah. He He's refreshing in the political landscape in the United States. But Ben, do you do you feel like Donald Trump could be effective in our international affairs. Are we talking more effective than Hillary? I'm talking about just the change that we need. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think he can be because I think he's not a product of the political system. So and you I, think I could he could he could he could he could effectively discuss uh, you know the safety of our country with our political adversaries in the Middle East? Iran and folks like that. You think that you think yeah. that that he would, he would you know kind of to uh, delegate those responsibilities to people who um, are were better at it than him. And, you know, like everyone does. Every poly, every president doesn't handle every single issue, right? They let him delegate. And I think Donald will be smart enough to delegate. And I don't I don't think he's got an agenda. I think he's tough. He's smart. Uh, and you know, that's why he's done so well in his in his business career. Um, so yeah, I, you know, and I, Tommy, I'm not even set on that I'm voting for Donald yet. But well, if he's the nominee, which he's, it's looking the, like he's going to be. If he's the nominee, I mean, t- to be fair, Ben, I, I don't really think Donald Trump is the ideal president. But but the Who the is? ideals the ideals that I hold dear to and what I think America is built on is you know I, I lean more towards the Republican. Way of thinking. I, I'm disappointed that there's only two parties, but anyways, I lean more towards the Republican thinking, and I guess I'd rather vote for my favorite clown, Donald Trump, than than Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you yeah. know. But you know, honestly, I look at Bernie Sanders and feel the and burn. I'm, I'm, kind, baby. I'm kind of airing. I'm kind of airing out my political views, but but I don't agree with anything that this man says. Anything. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're, right. The, I you're right. That was a good call things. out. That was a good call out. That was a good call out. utopia, but uh, yes, you know, I just right. saw, I read an article on the, the the cost of his plans, and it's freaking astronomical. Hey, Tommy, <laughs> oh, the other right. thing people are neglecting right now is we're already freaking nineteen trillion dollars in debt. Like, hello, we, that's probably should be priority number one. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I agree. There's there's things that Bernie Sanders, but what he is an authentic and real person. That's true. I, I, I think he I think he is incredibly passionate about what he believes in 
and I think that he has zero agenda other than to help America. So I really respect that about that man, and I don't want to vote for him. I won't vote for him, even if he's the the nominee over you know any Republican really. And it's just because his political positions and the way that he feels like our society should operate, I, I I don't really agree with entirely. But that's the type of guy, as weird as it sounds, that I would love to have on the Republican side. Because I just think maybe, he's maybe an maybe Trump will steal him. He's an authentic, real maybe. person. He means what he says. You know, he's he is like he's like the you know, he's like the movie Terry in a way. Yeah. Um okay. I do we Anyways, we, we, we're sounding like third got, graders. We're sounding like third graders. We gotta move on. I got one more point. We already we already hit it, so it's gonna take a second. Is it just that he's making the politicians talk? Um, in ways they don't want to talk. They all like these political niceties and don't really get down to the issues. And, yeah. and Trump just says it the way it is. The demands of the situation are you know, whatever. <laughs> What's too copious for my limited dimensions? That's pretty good, Tommy. All right, hey, let's That's get, what my you know, English teacher used while, to always say. While we're talking about leaders and leadership, um, I was at NC State last week uh, for a couple of days. Uh, one of my friends lives down there. I went down there, got to work out with the, the team a little bit. And... And they have some great. What you think leadership. of Raleigh? Did you like Raleigh? Raleigh was good. It was nice. Um, you know what? I, I maybe a little warmer, a little warmer than Cheeseville. A little, little warmer in Cheeseville. Very. Uh, they got a lot of nice things going on. But uh, Pat Papalizio, some talk about some strong leadership. That's a uh, real deal, man. He's the, He's the real, real deal. deal. Real deal. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to put them on our short list of guys who can teams who can contend for NCAA this year because. They got the same issue that Missouri's got, and they're both great teams. But you know, when we talk about what it takes to win in Seattle, they need guaranteed big points. And right now, Gwiz is guaranteed big points, and I think Kevin Jackson a place really high. And then they got a other a lot of other really tough guys, but none of those other tough Kevin Jackson, the forty one or forty nine pounder 41. that Logan Steve wrestled in the semis. Correct, forty one. Tall string bean guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's good, man. I like yeah, that kid. He's good, yeah. So, um, but they got a lot of the tough guys, but none of these guys have yet proven themselves to be top three guys. Not, no. not quite yet. They no. might, they might, but not yet. But so, you got to think about where NC State was before Pat Papalizio. One hundred percent. And that's kind of you know one thing that you you mentioned. We you'd like to talk about is emerging programs, and obviously yeah, this emerging. is one of them. Um, and Pat Papalizio is doing what he needs to do as a leader to take this program to uh, different levels. And not just emerging, but unassuming programs. Yeah. So they, they might have already emerged, like a Cornell. Mm-hmm. But 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 what's happened there on that campus? It's it's very unassuming. And so I think that we should make this part of our podcast, where every now and again we dive deep into the emerging or unassuming programs in college wrestling, and really talk about how they've made it work. You know, Tim Flynn at Edinburgh. You, the list goes on and yeah. on. And, and Let's start with Papalizio and NC State, but man, I think it's fun to talk about that stuff. Hundred percent. Actually, I got in this conversation with, with Pat because, hey, you want to know an interesting fact, Tommy? I was Give giving, it to I was giving Pat crap about this all weekend. Donald Pat, Trump was born in Scotland. Wow, I didn't know that. No, <laughs> <laughs> Pat was the last person to legitimately pin me. Wow. Two thousand three trials. I think you were probably two thousand three world trials. He hit me with the headlock. In Indianapolis? In Indianapolis. And I kept saying, who the hell does a headlock at the World Team Trials and expects it to work? <laughs> I still remember the match because I threw my damn bag against the wall and broke my phone. I was so ticked <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, God. He pinned me in a headlock, Tommy. That's embarrassing. So, Pop got you, man. Oh, he got me. God damn Yeah, it. no, he, in all seriousness, no, he's, um, he's done a great job there. And I don't know him personally, but I've all, you know, he and I are about the same age, and he wrestled at Okie State. He's from New York, and, um, does a great job. I mean, it's it just the program. If you if you made a bar graph of his program in the past, how how many years have you been there? Four or five oh, now? I don't even think. I think it's three or four. I'm but if you did sure. a bar well, graph, he was at Binghamton right before that, and you know they were doing good things straight up the whole time. And you know what he's done? He's taken um, Gwiz, who was coached by his brother Frank in upstate New York, and he's 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 taken his success and leveraged it. So that the program is becoming successful and it's not just a one-off. Yeah. And I think Rob Cole did that at Cornell with Travis Lee. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, – Well, Travis Brian- Lee wasn't the first NCAA champ there at Cornell. It was um, – I, I remember this because Brian Smith, who is my coach in Missouri, has a – it's a, a, article, a newspaper article on the wall because he was Rob Cole's assistant. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, at Cornell. Yeah. And they There's had the guy, first NCAA I know champ, Hirsch, maybe. Is it Hirsch? Yeah, he was in the, like, the early to mid-90s. But the program, yeah. but, but I think that what Rob did with Travis Lee was he yeah. leveraged Travis Lee's success. And sure. if you look at, if you did a bar graph at Cornell, the rest is history after Travis Lee. Yeah. And and I feel that way, not to compliment you know my co-host, my <laughs> cohort, Ben Askren, but I think the same thing can be said for Brian Smith at Missouri with you. Yeah. Is that he was always a good coach and his program was always respectable. But when he got you and you had success, in part because of what he's done for you, but in part just because you're good. But he took that and he didn't just create, make it a one off for his program. He built around it. And now you've been long gone. You know, you're, you're yeah. borderline, you're borderline. Don't, don't washed even think up. about calling me old. You're borderline washed up, going to get whipped by, you know, Snyder or something. I'm going to make, I'm making a comeback at some point. <laughs> I'm not telling you when, Tommy, but I'm going to make a comeback. All right. Um, and I, and so I think Papalizio, I think he's doing that with Gwiz. He's not just saying, "Oh, great, I got a great wrestler, and he's going to hang up a few titles. This is fun." You know, he's he's, he's building around it, and Gwiz yeah. is going to be gone. And guess what? C State's going to be here, there to stay. And the, the, well, the hardest thing I was talking to this about Pat, you know, is when you're building a program until you have that. You know, now Missouri's fairly established, right? But right. one of the hardest things until you get to that point, whatever that point is, you know, like you talk about Cornell, mm-hmm. I think they hit that point. Uh, is Oklahoma State, Iowa, Minnesota, you know, now now Penn State, now Ohio State, now Cornell, they're gonna get some top guys every single year. Right. Every year they're gonna get two or three or four top guys. It, it's and really it's not hard. It's not hard for them. Everyone all to eyes get are on those them. guys. It's it's hard to coach them up and get them to win, but it's not hard to get the talent. Yeah, and so when you're uh when you're not one of those programs you you know you got to hope you get those guys every once in a while because it's going to be a while till you get them consistently. But you also have to be good at making your walk-ons and your low scholarship guys really good. And that's something Pat Papalizio's done at NC State. Mm-hmm. It's something Brian Smith did and still does. And there's a handful of other coaches right that mm-hmm. make walk-ons or low scholarship, not blue chip guys, really really freaking Just, good. You know, second tier recruits. Mm-hmm. No doubt. You know. Yeah, so he's done a good job, and I, uh, I think I think that we should. Sh- I wish I knew more about the program. I just know that everything he does, they get better every year. And for the first time, I guess I see a real team. You know, yeah. I'm following these results, and it's a real team. 
and, and once it becomes a, once it becomes a real team, you know, the next step is to call it a, a program, yeah. like a program that you know. And then all of a sudden, he gets some happy, happy Wolfpack donor that wants to be the benevolent donor to the wrestling program, and he says, "I want to support." And all of a sudden, he's got a regional training center, and then he they lands. Got one. T- they got one. I'm talking about a regional training they center. They got four that, athletes, Tommy. Who, who who is it? They got Obi Blanc, they got Adam Hall, they got Quentin Godley, and they got Timmy McCall. So you know I, they, I those stand, might not be I the stand, most household I stand names. Corrected. I know. I. But I those know, are I, four that, really good guys. No, four that's legit, legit, man. That's yeah. legit. I didn't know that. That's so. I'm I'm kind of showing that I'm not following things. Ooh, that's great. He's, he's ahead he's, of your curve. He's Pat's ahead of the curve for you, baby. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> in North Carolina. It's not hard out of there, right? <laughs> well, you know, I I joked him because they used to call NC State the place where great Pennsylvania recruits went to die. <laughs> that was that was the name. that was what and when I was in college that's what we knew it as. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I, I I joked him about that. He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. We're he so has they, he doesn't have- partying too much, and we're fixing that up. And he runs a tight ship down there, so he, you know he's getting guys on the straight and narrow and getting some winning going. It's good stuff, man. Let's, you ready to talk about some results or what? Yeah, man. I'm. Good. I got this in big, big and bold right here. Freaking Zane Rutherford. Just wow. Hillbilly half, man. <laughs> that freaking hillbilly half. <laughs> Unfortunately, on Friday night, he beat up one of my uh, high school alumni, Jake Sufloan. Uh No way. I didn't know he's from your place. You know, from Arrowhead High School, and he wrestled at AWA for a year. Uh, that His senior year when we opened up. But, so you uh, made him who he is. Well, uh, I, not me. My high school coach you know, gave, him a, <laughs> gave him a good push to who he is, for sure. Uh but wow, Zane, Zane kind of kicked his butt. I was sad to see it, but that happened. And then on Sunday, he goes and kicks T-shirts, but no one kicks T-shirts. People might beat T-shirts, Alex Sertis, but... Yeah, T-shirts, oh, I, is it's two to one, and you know you just don't know who won or lost, but it's a two to one match, and anybody in the top eight, that's that's the score with T-shirts. Seriously? So the fact that he laid it on him is impressive. Laid it on. And so, uh, you know, Sorensen's obviously the clear two now, but they, I don't think Sorensen and Rutherford will wrestle until Big Tens, right? Am I missing something here? Uh, as far as I know. No, I don't think they wrestle. So, um, that's it. That's, that's going to be an interesting match. But, man, Zane's looking kind of uncomfortable. Uh, un- uncomfortable. I'm looking at something. I'm looking at some other notes, Tommy. I'm skipping around here. You got to get you, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, right? you know where I got I got I got listed right underneath this. I got Penn State as a as a team more than anybody. I think is just so comfortable shooting in on the legs, and that's where yeah. you know I criticize Iowa because I think Iowa guys are sometimes scared to pull the trigger because they're scared to get in those scrambles that they. Well, know I, I, t- I agree with you, but okay. I will defend. I ta- I was talking to. Um, Lou Roselli about this, and I won't. Sh- I won't share his comments, but they were all, you know, I, I just won't share his comments. But my comment to him was, to your point about Iowa, they they have they they, they didn't really shoot much and stuff like that in the previous years, but they want the stall call. I will tell you, the lightweights, Gilman, Clark, those guys, Gilman is no- taking noticeably more shots this year. Yeah, but he hasn't wrestled Tomasello or Megalutis or Dance yet. That's fair, but he's on the attack a lot more this year, and so is Corey Clark. Yeah, in my opinion. Let's go. Let's wait till the end of the year. Let's wait till March. Okay. But to my point about Penn State, is they just look so comfortable attacking, and you don't see that a lot. And I think it's because they're comfortable in the scramble and they're comfortable with the position they can do. But God, it's all, it's kind of scary. I mean, they got a few weights where they're not that great at, but man, their stars are 
They're, they look good. And, you know, Dudley blew it. Some strategy is uh, – when people blow their strategy, it unnerves me. It drives me crazy. And he freaking blew the match against McCutcheon. But McCutcheon had no fear just firing in over and over and over again. And it cost him points early. But that's how he won the match late. Yeah, he's animal. Animal. But D- Dudley blew it. I mean – Listen, I'm a scrambler till the day I die, Tommy. I'll give you that. But if you're winning by a point, there's 10 seconds left. Freaking! I saw him get your hands on, down and sprawl a little. I bit. I saw Just him working once. out on Sun uh, Sunday morning in the Ohio State wrestling room. The kid's a freaking athlete. But yeah, yeah he's but he didn't yeah. know how to put his damn hands down and sprawl. <laughs> scrambling with 10 seconds. We'll see. Left. He did good with DT sense. in the Midlands finals. Yeah, I think David was taking it easy on him, maybe building up his confidence so he'd lose to Matt McCutcheon in a couple weeks. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. By the way, Matt McCutcheon's on the rise. Matt McCutcheon, well, he's uh, he's top eight now for sure. I think, isn't he? Oh, he. I think he's further than that. We'll see. What did, to... What did Dudley do against Quartz? I didn't catch that one. I didn't go to the match. Oh, Quartz, Quartz. That's not his. That's not a donut. That's his finger. Oh, jeez! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it. <laughs> I didn't say it. that. Was my buddy saying that? Quartz is not a donut. That's his hand. You can't grab it. I thought the Bucks did well with Hunter Steber and Bojo out. Uh, yeah. They still still beat Nebraska. I think Snyder. that. Can, yeah, yeah. The, the Snyder man is in there. It's it's a fact. Comes back. Get, Dudley get beat Quartz seven to one. You knew Ooh. that, didn't? No, I I honestly did not. I all I saw was it was seventeen seventeen. Snyder comes in and just gives a beat down to uh, you know he's not a, he's not a top flight heavyweight but he's a pretty good heavyweight. Colin Jensen, yeah, Colin and he got taken Jensen. down to start the match. Kyle did. Oh, really? Yeah, but I heard by the middle of the second period, uh, Colin Jensen was looking for the oxygen tank. So oh, so Snyder was just attacking. I mean, I'm assuming he scoring twenty points, he had to be attacking him over and over and over again. Yep. Yeah, but I thought Ohio State did good. You know, did a lot better than against Michigan. So we'll see. You know, having Hunter Steber out with the flu and Bo Jordan out with a, a minor injury was was no no good. But I wanted to see Suf. Is it Suflone or Suflone? Yeah, Suflone. But Suf-Lone. you know, it could be because that could just be my accent. Yeah, I think it is. I <laughs> I wanted to see Suflone and Hunter. So and a little yeah. birdie told a little birdie told me that. Um, Hunter wasn't able to wrestle about an hour and a half before the duel, so I, I didn't drive out to campus because I was. You know, oh, tied, you, tied down with the kids. You so. took Chael's advice. Well, I was on my way. I was on my way to the duel, but then you told me it didn't matter, so I turned around. <laughs> that was good. I've seen people quoting that already. It's only been a that week. was a good. That was a good interview with Chael. That was good. Hey, I don't think people caught on. I think they missed it. In in all the other shenanigans that went on in last week's episode, I told you guys that Jaden Cox is going to attempt to win NCAA title and then drop the eighty six kilos. And win the Olympic team trials. That's a big deal. I think that creates some interesting matches because let's not forget, Tommy, that Jaden had a close match with with he's beaten Kyle Snyder before, but he had a close match with Kyle at NCAs, very close where he was in on the legs multiple times and Kyle was able to get out of bounds. Blah blah blah. He also lost to him four to two at the U.S. Open in a very tight match. And you know, Kyle went on to win a world title. No, I mean, yeah, you you look at Kyle's um, Kyle Snyder, Jaden Cox. Jaden, listen. People want to strangle you, Tommy. It's Jaden. Okay. Well, until so until you like, can say your Tommy. co-host's name correctly, <laughs> just just you can you can only correct me nicely. They said Tommy. Get Tommy. Jaden. It's not Jaden. It's Jaden. Well, well, 
if if if, if what 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 do you what do you perceive C apostrophe M O N to be? C M O N. Come on. Come on. So if I take J apostrophe E E N, I'm thinking Jadan. Is that fair? I'm gonna start calling him that when I see him now. Well, isn't that how it's spelled? It's J apostrophe D E N. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, Jadan. So that's how I. That's why that was my logic. A good logic, or? Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I, anyway, you know. the guy's a stud, man. So he's gonna. I think he's gonna give. I think he can give legitimate problems to Taylor Dake and Herbert. I mean, I've, I've wrestled with the guy firsthand, so I, I know how good he is. And I've wrestled with Herbert, and uh, I wanted to wrestle with Dake, but he wouldn't wrestle me. So, do you think he can make the weight effectively? That's a better question. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, he, he makes one ninety seven on a one hour weigh in um, on a regular basis, obviously mm-hmm. for the college season. So you're talking about seven and a half pounds, and a day before the day before weigh in is helps significantly because um, you know I just know some of my weight cuts for for fighting, and when I cut to one sixty three, which is seventy four kilos back in the day, I couldn't have competed effectively an hour later, um, not by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, you know they they think he's got it in him. I, I'll, I be, I'll, I'll be honest. With you. I've always thought Cox could be a good heavyweight at the international level or or collegiate level for that matter. Yeah, I mean, well, that, surprise is going down. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess he probably he's probably sick of this Kyle Snyder guy. And the, hey, the bigger the the bigger they get, the harder they fall, Ben. Yeah, well, no, I, I agree. I tell people all the time, heavyweights are the easiest to wrestle. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, made, <laughs> I made that joke to Gwiz last week. This is awkward. This he, he, is awkward. Gwiz right didn't now. Gwiz didn't laugh about it. I think he wanted to fight me. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I said, he seems like a pretty laid back guy. You know what they were talking about? They're talking about this guy. <laughs> Hardy Mar- I can't believe Obi Blanc is talking about this guy named Kenny Lester. I remember telling from or, from uh, Florida. He was telling lies. He lies a lot. He was telling you lies when I was at the Olympic Training Center. I think I was probably a freshman sophomore in college, and I was hanging out with you and you were your older cool guy. Hanging out with you, and I think this Kenny guy was in high school. and He was telling you lies back he then. Told a lot of them, yeah. So many, but anyways. So Obi brought him <laughs> up because Obi's a Florida guy too, and he said Kenny's a good wrestler. And I said, well, you know, I, well, you know, that's kind of a questionable statement. And he's like, well, but he placed at this and that. And I said, but it's heavyweight. We all know they can't wrestle. Oh, and Gwiz was you like, know- Gwiz gave me a look like, all right, you ready to go? And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what that's what, that's what every, that's what every heavy wants to say. It's like you know what? Let's get rid of the weight classes and just you know, squash <laughs> okay. you guys like a bunch of bugs. But Kenny, so so Obi made the point that Kenny could legitimately qualify for the Olympics because at the World Championships he wrestled for. Oh crap! I got my map in front of me. What is it? One of those island. That's nations. got nothing. American to do Samoa. With, he wrestled for that American has nothing Samoa. to do with weight classes. Come on. Okay, listen. Kenny that's wrestled got, for American Samoa. And he's in the Oceania, right? The winner of Oceania. I don't know if you know this, but Oceania gets an Olympic bid. And I remember being at the Olympics in 2008 and thinking, like, I sure hope I get that guy first round. That's a pin for sure. You think you could beat Oceania? I, I could beat him right now with one hand tied behind my back. I'd pin him. <laughs> Give me that guy first round, Oceania. Mm. Any weight. I don't care. I'll pin the Oceania guy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even playing with you, Tommy. Tie the hand behind my back. I'm Listen, putting Oceania That's not time. a weight class thing. That's a that's a loophole country thing. That has <laughs> nothing to do with weight classes. I got Gwiz's back on this. The other thing, the other thing that bothers me is that everyone says you know heavyweights are slow. They don't do much. This is true. They are slower than lightweights, and they don't do as much as lightweights. You know, Lou Roselli, who's my uh, Olympic coach and who I he's like one of my best friends. 
he used to always at the end of practice when we were training at the RTC, he used to always say, okay, um, 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, you're done, take off. And he said it as oh, if... We got our call. We got our call. She's a few minutes oh, early. Oh, man. I was hitting the punchline. All right. Line. I'll tell her what's up. And, and Hello? Hi, this is Adeline. What's up, Adeline? We're, we're live, so don't say anything crazy, all right? Okay. Hey, hey Adeline. Tommy Rollins here. Thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Tommy's Excited. just about to give a punchline of a heavyweights can't wrestle joke. So you so, mind if we so, let him finish? I'm just it's, sure. it's not even it's not even a weight class discussion. It's a physics discussion. And so Lou Roselli at the end of every RTC practice, by the way, he ran practices such as first one to forty five points. You can go get a drink. You know, uh, we're gonna go ten six minute goes stuff like that. So we run. He would run really vicious practices. And at the end, he's, he used to always say to all the RTC guys, heavyweights, lightweights, didn't matter, 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, and uh, you can be done. And 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 I used to talk to him after the workout, and like Lou, you, you've got to realize a 240-pound man to do 100 pull-ups after your exhausting practice is going to take 40 minutes. But he's in his 114 and a half pound 1996. <laughs> And he thinks it's like, you know, doing like a hundred crunches or something. That's like the jockey weight class. So he's like, well, you're, you're both lifting your body weight, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, well, why don't we, you know, do a hundred squats of 225 to end the practice? Everybody does the same weight and, uh, we can get out of there. You know, the lightweights would be squealing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just physics, Ben. I, anyways, we can Let's go on. Let's get to Adeline. Let's get to Adeline. Let's Adeline. do that. So, uh, so what's up? You're in Iowa City, right? I am. How's that going for you? A little chilly. I got delayed a little bit on my flight here, but I made it. Nice, nice. And so are you, uh, let's just get right to it. Are you a Hawkeye fan or not? Uh, I am. My coach is, is a thoroughbred, so I think it's kind of been beaten to me whether I wanted to or not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So does that mean you're not a Buckeye fan? <laughs> <laughs> Tell no comment? No comment? <laughs> you know, I I don't even know if I could tell you where the Buckeyes are. I really apologize oh, for that, but I, I don't follow college at all. <laughs> Not so, at all. Um, <laughs> hey, Adeline, better question, because I think we do share this common interest. Are you a Denver Bronco fan? I am, for sure. And oh, I went to the God. game on Sunday, and it was amazing. Oh, oh gosh. Wow. I'm a diehard cool. Bronco fan. And I'm a diehard Bronco fan, and everyone says I look like Peyton Manning, which, by the way, <laughs> Which, by the way, it's an insult. I don't think that's a nice thing to say, but 400 people have told me I look like Peyton. Anyways. Well, let's, get, let's, um, no, let's ask more important. Does she think Peyton's innocent also? She does. And my, do you think he's innocent? Innocent? Yeah, yeah, of the steroids. Uh, uh, not steroids. HGH. To- Tommy's oh. dead said that he did not do it, and his wife was taking the HGH, but... You know, we argue about this. What do you think? <laughs> Wasn't the article discredited and there was like... Boom. I, the only, I only saw like a one meme about Peyton being like, no, this is ridiculous. Why are we talking about this? So, Boom. Um, That's my Bronco no, I, right there. I, don't, I do not think that there's any way he was doing anything uh, at all. Okay. Well, you know, we got one guest on each. Chael last week was on my side. You're on Tommy's side. So, you know, we're <laughs> two, two to two. Tiebreaker next week. Yeah. So... Um, hey, so the reason we wanted you on here, Adeline, is we were reading all about this uh, really cool experience I think you and Alyssa Lampy had. Obviously, you're a three-time mm-hmm. world champ. You're, you're a bad lady. 
So <laughs> India recruits you to come over to their pro league. Is that how it goes down? Yes. That's oh. pretty much what happened. So tell us all about it. So um, I got contacted around the time of World Championships, and they told me that they were doing a, a pro wrestling league where they were going to have uh, five Indian wrestlers and four internationals, five men and four women on each team, six teams total, and they were going to wrestle in six different cities in India and just go around um, almost like a, a traveling team where you would meet up with each each different duel, almost like if you were in college, we'd wrestle University of Iowa versus Illinois or something like that, and just go around to those different cities and compete in that, that location and move on to the next one, and then there would be a finals, and uh, the best team would end up being crowned the Pro Wrestling League champions. And um, my sister and I had the time to do it, and it worked out in my schedule that I didn't really have any big competition that month that I needed to compete in, and so I went out there and um, had a pretty interesting experience. Was it awesome? What do you, what do you think? Um, there were a lot of awesome things. I'm not going to say that it all was awesome because some of it was hard. Some of it was hard to get used to. Uh-huh. Um, the food was, the food was awesome. Okay. I really enjoyed the Indian food, but it, um, didn't sit well with my stomach all the time. So it's kind of like a love hate relationship where every time I saw it, I was like, I really want to try that. I was like, but my stomach's going to hurt. So what am I going to do? But I, I mean, the workout equipment there was great and, um, the whole production value. If anybody has not checked out, the YouTube clips of the thing of the videos that they're putting out from our matches, they're they're amazing. I mean, I've never seen what so was much production like? value in wrestling. I'm sorry. What was attendance like? Attendance. Um. So yeah. it really it really varied on the night. Some nights we were wrestling like a Wednesday night at 9 p.m. and everyone had to work the next day, and there was probably a thousand people, which is still great numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. don't know about you guys, but I don't usually wrestle in arenas with a thousand people in it. Um, and then on the like, Saturday, Sunday, Friday nights, I mean, we were getting um, upwards of 5,000 people in the arena, wow. depending on the size of the arena. Uh, they were sold out. And so it was it was awesome. I mean, people That's were really so cool. to, to have something to love there. And, and wrestling happened to, to be what they were, wanted to attach onto. Wow. So, yeah, I, I saw the, I saw the, some of the clips. That was kind of what I said. I need to get one of, you know, one of these girls on and talk to them about it because the production value was awesome. And, I have a strong bias. I've now failed twice at starting a professional wrestling league in America. I haven't given <laughs> up yet. Um, but yeah, the production value looked freaking awesome. So let me ask you this. I'm watching it right now on mute. It, it looks it's awesome. Good. It's good, man. Yeah, it's it a great is. job. Uh, I mean, there was fire. There was drums. There was so much to yeah. it. I mean, the cameras and people telling you where to go and where what to do. I mean, it was I wonder it was if they turned, did they turn a profit, you think? Uh, you know, I don't think they did on this first year, but I don't think they had planned to. But okay. the, they do. They did kind of discuss their plans of the five years down the nice. road. They were going to definitely be turning a profit by that time. And wow. um, I think they outdid all of their expectations as far awesome. as attendance, as far as a um, viewership. They were getting in the millions of, of viewers. Boom! And uh, I mean, it was millions. It was million? Did you no, say millions? millions. I said millions. Wow, that's pretty awesome <laughs> for us. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, they were the their TV ratings and the numbers were were very very high. Nice. So I think they were very pleased with with how successful the league was for it being the first year. Nice. And how long were you there? I was there for twenty six days, and wow. I actually we were supposed to come in ten days early. 
and we had some visa issues. And so um, we had to postpone the trip a little bit. And I got my ticket the day before I left, and then I competed the day after I got there. So it was wow. a very fast turnaround. Um, from what I've heard, next year they're going to have it be, uh, we're going to get there 10 days ahead of time and kind of have a little more time to, to get acclimated and, and things. But we wrestled every one to three days. And as it got towards like the closer to the end of the tournament, uh, essentially we wrestled kind of almost every every day or every other wow. day, and it was got wow. challenging. Yeah, I, I actually competed on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and wow. then two days after Christmas, and then flew out the next day to come back Holy home. Cow. So it was How many not what I was, was used that? to. I wrestled seven, and seven, so I was actually okay. the team captain of my team, nice. and um, which was great. It was a team of boys and girls, which is something I haven't been on since high mm-hmm. school, and and to also be with foreigners was the other piece of it. Was so fantastic to get to watch and really not just see a match against you know a, a Russian versus an Indian or a yeah. Russian versus a Russian, but but to actually get invested in that match and care about whether or not the outcome and, and start to see the true talent and skill that some of these countries have in wrestling mm-hmm. was amazing. We had two Georgian men on our team who were, I mean, my mind is blown. They are so athletic and so skilled in, in everything that they, they tried and everything they did. And I, I just really enjoyed being on a team with them. Nice. So awesome. That's so cool. So let me ask you this, uh, you know, I know after you were in Madison last year for the World Team Trials, and and I was at practice the next week. I coach a wrestling academy. We have two. My brother and I have two in Wisconsin here. And I was at practice, and and there were at least a handful of teenage boys who had a huge crush on you, at least a <laughs> handful. So uh, you know, with millions of people watching the show in India, are you a future Bollywood star? Or, you know, were you getting stopped on the streets? Uh, you know, what, what was it like? Not quite there? getting stopped on the streets, but okay. we we were doing, my sister and I actually sat down and got henna done while we were there. Okay. And okay. Um, that's where they draw like the the brown yeah. or tan yeah. pictures on your hands. And um, as we were sitting there, there was a couple of people who like came up to us. They're like, you guys look familiar. Why are you guys here? And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's the wrestling league. They're like, we watched that yesterday. You're that girl. So... I mean, I wasn't quite getting mobbed in the street, but there were definitely people who were very passionate and very excited and still having so much love from the fans and, and people who got excited about the competition on Facebook and Twitter and just commenting on my everything and friend requesting every friend I've ever had. So it's kind of fun to just kind of get that different experience of a new culture. Nice. So maybe on Bollywood? I hope so. One day, I met a couple directors and things like nice. that. So maybe they have something cooking, but they haven't nice. let me in on any of the secrets yeah, yet. My buddy Tyrone Woodley actually just spent six weeks in India filming a Bollywood movie. Um, so you know, he he there you go. he kind of said the same thing as you: love, hate. Kind of liked it. Kind of didn't like it. But uh, you mm-hmm. know, I think he's well on his way to being a Bollywood star. My first, okay, my first ever, cool. my first ever time traveling overseas. I was in the Cadet World Championships. I was 16 years old. Was was Delhi in New Delhi, India. Wow! Really? See? Yeah, I'd never been to another rough. country. <laughs> I, I, I made it. I made it to India before I'd ever been to Canada. <laughs> oh. So that was quite an experience for sure. Wow! Those three, those three wheel taxis are crazy. Really. I, 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 yeah, I took my sister on her. This is the first time she's ever used her passport. Oh and she God. was my coach slash training partner. And I took her to India for 26 days. And, wow. um, yeah, it was, it was rough. So I'm really glad that you had a similar experience of that being your first <laughs> location too, because yeah. it was quite an education. Yeah. Gotcha. 
So, uh, so what's it look like going forward? You got we got uh, what about ten weeks till the Olympic trials? I think uh, you're the heavy favorite, right? Am I not wrong on that? I think that's safe to say. Okay, good, good, good. You can be bold. I was trying to get Cal Snyder to make some bold predictions a couple weeks ago. And, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to go smash everybody, but he just he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. Do you got something like that for us? You're just going to go whoop all the other girls? No big deal. <laughs> you know, I only have two matches in April that I have to come away with a win at, and yeah. and I'm just looking to get those matches under my belt and officially be able to call myself the best girl in the world. So, as long as I be able to keep that momentum going through the the Olympics, I'm going to be a happy person. So it's been a, a long two years of, of being undefeated, and I I just plan on not having that change through this year. Have you went and visited Rio at all yet? We actually are leaving next week for Rio for an Olympic test event, so I'm really excited about getting to see the experience, and I actually think there's a lot of similarities between India and, and Rio as far as just the the feel of it. I think there's going to be a lot of similarities with just discomfort of food and, and things like mm-hmm. that, or that are some expectations that might be need to be adjusted, so I, I'm really glad that India kind of gave me that education prior to going there, and going to get a, an up close and personal one coming up here at the end of January. Nice, nice. Um, like Tommy, I got one last question, unless you got anything else for her. Uh, Adeline, do you, do you plan on wrestling through 2020? Uh, if you ask Terry Steiner, he's got me signed up for at least three more quads, but I, I don't know. I, it's Damn. too hard. It's too hard to commit to, to like four and eight years of wrestling. It's just we commit too much to our bodies, too much to our relationships, too much to everything. And and so I've, I've committed this four years. It's been a, a successful four years, and I'm going to finish out this four years and see how I feel. So I don't know. You've got if all the good to, answers. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to really um, commit to another four. It's just a lot of mental strain to think about working that hard for, for another Another just, quad, yeah, but. just get that gold medal around your neck. That'll that'll yeah. give you that'll give you a clear head. <laughs> and after 2012, I had said the same thing, and I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So if I feel that way after after this quad, I definitely think I will keep going and get to Tokyo and get to win another one. And and just looking forward to kind of this whole journey that's kind of opened up through wrestling and and just continue to push kind of those boundaries with women's wrestling becoming more of a forefront in everyone's mind. Well, my, my question kind of was uh, fairly along those same lines that you guys were just talking on. My question was going to be, uh, you know, now, now that women's MMA has blown up, and we all know that wrestling is the most dominant martial art on the planet, without, you can't even argue it, what's the you chances can. you go prove you're the baddest woman on the planet? <laughs> and that, you, know, you, know, you can I'm... make some money, too. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say that I will never do it. Uh, my mom it. really doesn't want me to. She likes my nose, and she said that she doesn't want me to get hit. Just tell her you won't let him hit you. That. That's what I tell my wife. <laughs> I said, honey, don't worry. I, do I don't even let him hit me. <laughs> you know, if the price is right, I definitely could see myself going down that avenue. But for right now, I'm I'm very good at, at my wheelhouse and what I do, and I'm just going to finish out those goals because they are – they are not easy goals. Um, we do not have an Olympic gold medalist for the women from the United mm-hmm. States yet, and, and I'm going to get that medal, and, and then we'll see where life takes me. But for right now, that's uh, at the forefront of my brain. Okay. Well, well, I'm going to let you stick with that, but I'm, I'm going to start the rumor because we've started a lot of rumors on show that. <laughs> by, by 2018, Adeline Gray will prove she's the baddest oh. woman on the planet and make a lot there of money. Go. Is that a fair there rumor to go. start? 
let's win an Olympic gold medal and we'll figure out the rest. <laughs> well, you're, actually, you're worth a lot more if you win an Olympic gold medal. Then you can start demanding stuff. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> well, good. I can call the diva. <laughs> you could be a WWE diva too. That's you know that that's another possibility. You got all kinds of possibilities. Do you know I, I had a teacher tell me that um, in in middle school? He told me that I was just one thing away from a WWE diva. Yeah, well, you are very, you're very well spoken for uh, for a wrestler because wrestlers in general are not very well spoken. <laughs> so you got that going for you too. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, I graduate it. in February, actually. Nice. At one, yeah, one month of school left. So oh, sweet. <laughs> well, you got anything else? Uh, where can people follow you at? Uh, yeah, I would love if people could check out my website. It's www.adelinegray.com. That's just my name.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Adeline Gray or Instagram, Adeline Gray 12. That's 1212. And I uh, just would love if people could follow the journey through the Olympics and beyond. It's a pretty exciting journey that we kind of get to experience right now in the women's wrestling getting more and more popular. And, and with things like the Indian Pro League, I mean, it's just a. Uh, an exciting time right now to be following sports and, and into Rio couldn't ask for anything better than the team that I'm with and looking to bring home some gold for team USA. Awesome. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks right. so much. Have, have a good night. Thanks. Bye. Tommy. Yeah, man. I think I'm coming out of retirement for the Indian pro league. I'm calling them dudes Dude, up. That was cool. I'm going to go cool. all over Indians and smash some Indians. You gonna you gonna eat pray love out there? I, I love some Indian food. I sma- I'll smash <laughs> Indian it. food's good. Take a masala. I didn't want to. I didn't want to call Adeline. I didn't want to call Adeline out, but I've been to Rio and I've been to India, and they are not similar at all. <laughs> well, I have not been to Rio and I've not been to India. Okay, um, Rio but- Rio was awesome. And India was terrible. Ooh, I've heard th- I've heard that you know there are nice parts of Rio, but I've heard there's very rough parts of Rio too. You know, um, let's talk about that because. Couldn't you say the same thing about because everyone? Yeah. When I went down there for the Pan Am Games and I brought my wife, my wife came and they're like, "Oh, you? It's, I heard it's the most dangerous city in the world." It's like you know what? If you didn't know where you were going to New York City, you could you could step into the wrong neighborhood yeah. and you know someone will shake you down for your jeans and your tennis shoes. So except Singapore, Singapore safest place on the planet. Is that right? I'm not shitting you, Tommy. I tell people what I tell people, and I am not lying, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm not embellishing. I could put my three-year-old in her underwear with $100 bills hanging out underwear, walk around anywhere in Singapore at 2 a.m. Not only would she come back unscathed, she'd come back with all the damn money, too. No way. I, dude, it is the safest place. You know, you get seven years for Tell a bullet. Tell me why. Tell you, me why. You have a bullet over there, you get seven years. <laughs> I'm not lying. That's the truth. That's the truth. Seven <laughs> years for a bullet. I mean, like, wow. Tommy, when I go over there, you know, I spend a lot of time over there now. Uh Graffiti is front page news. Like there's just no crime or very, very, Why? very, very just, little. Just the penalties um, are so severe. Yeah, penalties. Are, it's a, it's a, it's a long story. I could tell you sometime, but uh, I, let's Lee, save it for the next episode. Yeah, Lee Kuan Yew started the country in 1965, and he's just done some outstanding things. And that you know, there's very, very little poverty over there. There's very little crime. It's, it's kind of a utopia. Obviously, it's a really small island. There's only five million people, but. Uh, as far yeah, as far as safety, you ain't got to worry about nothing. Gotcha, um, Adeline. That was pretty cool. Uh, that was a good interview, huh? Man, she's polished. Yeah, she's focused. She's polished. Well she, knows, she knows what she wants. Yeah, yeah. You um, couldn't even you you couldn't extract 
you couldn't provoke her. You couldn't pull the Trump on her. You well, know, you know, you, you know what she did. You tried, say, I'm you tried whoop to Trump her. You tried to Donald Trump her, <laughs> and you couldn't do it. She said, "I'm going to whoop everyone." She she did not back down from any statements. I I could be her manager. You know, like Paul Heyman does for Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I could be her advocate. There like, you go. She doesn't have to talk to trash. I'm just going to talk it for her. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Nice. So. uh Let's. I got a few, a few, few notes left here. We got a few minutes. Okay. You want to finish Let's up? Roll, man. I'm having a good time tonight. I am. Sometimes, sometimes you know, it's like a little drags on a little bit. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Maybe I'm our <laughs> tech Brian Murphy in four minutes and forty seconds. Brian Murphy was the fourth ranked wrestler at that weight class. How good is Imar? He's really good, and I have in your notes that you wanted to scout him, and I just don't want to do it. Well, it's too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> I will tell you though. I'll, t- I'll I'll scout him for you. I'm going to give you the lowdown. Okay, he's the real deal. He's my favorite wrestler in college wrestling right now. Yeah. So, and it's not going to be easy to beat him for anybody cuz mm-hmm. he wrestles well in every single position. He he's strong. He's got good cardio. He doesn't get tired. So, there's not like an easy weakness right off the bat. Obviously, he's undefeated national champ, right? But even with some of the national champs, I could say, "Well, he doesn't do this well." Or he doesn't do that well, right? I, Isaiah does it all. The one thing that you absolutely cannot do against Isaiah Martinez is let him underneath you in any way, shape, or form. Because yeah. he's so strong and he's going to come up and he's going to score. Yeah, he and, has like hydraulic, you know, lower back strength. Seriously. Like he could, you know, it's just like unbelievable. Yeah, and then and then if you get if if he if he gets underneath you, he's going to score. And then once he scores, it's all downhill. The only yeah. way. The only absolute only way someone is going to beat him is in a really tight three or two match. Somehow they hold them off. They don't let him underneath them. But no one's going out and taking Isaiah down three or four. Times. I actually think it's you got to kind of you got to kind of wrestle him like Donald Trump would. You got to pick a fight. No, you know? opposite. I'm saying opposite. If it's a fight, he's going to blow you up. I think it's the opposite. If you put him beat, to sleep, you got to lull him. You got to keep it close, and you got to sneak one out. You're not going to beat him by taking him down a bunch of time. You're you're only gonna if you take him out a few times, you're only gonna agitate him and open him up. You That's got, fair. You gotta love him. You gotta you gotta play slow. You gotta not get called for stalling. You gotta control the center. You gotta not let him underneath you. And then you gotta you know maybe try to get a ride time point right, or you gotta try to take a double <laughs> OT. Well, well, you know we're talking about arguably the either the best, the second best, or the third best, right? I think it's. I'm, I'm interested to see. I actually do think that. Ian Miller, not saying he's going to beat Imar, but I think he wrestles in a way that he, he almost kind of wrestles like Imar a little bit. He's a got that ex, explosive, like, how the heck did that happen but type he gets talent. He tired, though. He gets tired. He does. He does. No, he's, he's, got more, he's got more holes in his wrestling than Imar does, but yeah. I don't think anybody would argue that, you know, including Ian Miller. But do I think Ian Miller can – can can win? I mean, no. I don't. I mean, no. I know. I but, know. But, but 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 I you just. Might. I, yeah, I, I, don't. I, can't, I can't even. I can't even. It's hard to build a case. But anyways, yeah. I do like how Ian Miller wrestles. He wrestles I, a little bit like Imar. And so we got we got Nolf Imar this sun. This, no, it's this Saturday. It's on Big Ten Network. That's number one versus number two. I don't think Nolf matches up well because Nolf's going to try to be too offensive and Imar is going to take advantage of him. That's how I think it is. I, I think if you're going to beat Imar. You gotta wrestle close, and maybe I'll be dead wrong on Saturday, but I think Nolf- maybe maybe Nolf and Kale will tweet at us and say thanks for the thanks for the motivation. Yeah, they might, but then we'll see Saturday if I'm right or if I'm wrong. But I think 
I think Nolf's going to be aggressive, and I think it's going to play against him. That's what I think is going to happen. I think John Smith is probably the greatest tactician in American wrestling, and I think there's a chance he's smart enough to tell JoJo to pull it back a little bit, right? And tr- play the game and keep it close. I think he's smart enough to do that, and I think... Uh, so I think JoJo will be the one with a real shot at beating IMR. Now, whether he actually does it or not, obviously, you know, I don't know that anyone can beat him at that weight. I, he, you know, I don't want to say he's going to be Kale and be a JoJo. Rest, JoJo, JoJo, JoJo wrestled Did all right. well at Reno. Right. Yeah, yeah, I watched the, that match in its entirety live, and mm-hmm. yeah, he wrestled him pretty well. I mean, the takedown he got was legit. He gave up sloppy backs, sloppy backs. I don't, you know what I mean? They were sloppy. Don't yeah. you think? Well, it was it was right, and I mean that's one of the things that IMR does well, and a lot of other great wrestlers do well is is they chain points together, right? Because your coach always has said, your coach Tommy from the time you were eight years old said the best time to score is after a score. And you know <laughs> what? Your coach then was damn right, and he's right right now because so many people have mental lapses after that score, right? And JoJo is a, a very high level wrestler. But Imar hit that reversal right into that tilt. I mean, it was boom, 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 and you got six points on the board. No, you just you just sounded like Tom Brands. Boom, oh, kaboom, kaboom, no, he goes, kaboom. kaboom. I say, I say, I say, boom. He goes kaboom. <laughs> but uh, you know that's chain wrestling at its finest, and that's what high level guys do is they go one thing right into the next. Right. So no, no doubt about it. You know, Imar's a stud, but he's not unbeatable yet, Ben. Not yet. Not quite yet. He's got to he's got to put it down put down another title. Then he he kind of steps into some new territory, don't you think? Um, I don't know. He's kind of in in my mind. He's already in that territory. He's freaking we're try, good. We're we're trying to like we're trying we're good. trying to like be controversial here. This is hard, isn't it? It's hard because he's he's too damn good. Forget him. <laughs> <laughs> scout him. Well, I did. I gave a decent scouting report. You know, it's gonna be hard to to execute on this scouting report, but I think I gave a pretty good idea of what you I, need to do. Yeah. You did good. You did good. It, it, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. You have to win close. Right. Um, maybe no proves me wrong, but I doubt it. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, the last thing I got, I got I got some matches for this weekend. I think Ohio State's got their hands full. they got the Spartans coming down from Michigan State. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I, I was actually, you know, I, I actually tweeted at uh, Michigan State Athletics this weekend. I saw. You saw it. I said. They you were, said you were you were you were trumping on uh, this part. It's called trolling, but whatever. And they said, <laughs> come, trumping. They said, come support uh, the Beauty and the Beast. And they call it something else, but essentially Beauty and the Beast, where it's gymnastics and wrestling. I said, I said, why would we support you when you won't fire Minkle? Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm the a other thing person, that I thought of I is that it's that that stat that Andy Hamilton, the writer at uh, for for the Iowa Iowa Hawkeyes, he tweeted that. Michigan State's been outscored 223 to 27 in match points. They scored some and points last weekend, though. They did. Well, before that, before that, <laughs> and I was thinking, how many of those 27 are escapes? No, I th- I thought it was. I didn't think it was match points. I thought it was dual, dual, dual points. team points. I think that's what it was. I believe. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like points in a match. They, no, they, and I think it was like there was ten matches, so they had won you know two point seven you're, points you're per right. match. I'm a, so it was I'm less a moron. Than, you're right. That makes a lot more yeah. sense. I'm just not yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling. All right, last one on the board is uh I gotta go to bed. I'm getting well, you gotta go to bed. Well, it's East Coast time, there. brother, but yeah, I had to I had to start late, so I appreciate you hanging out. No for problem. Me. 
Uh, Mizzou versus Oklahoma State, and this is important for two reasons. Number one, I was the, on the first the, team, and that was three na- reasons. And, and then number two is the national dual seed that nobody knows about besides you. Yeah, and so, well, the so, number one, I was on the first team to ever beat Oklahoma State from Missouri, even though I lost to stinking Chris Pendleton. Number two, Missouri's got a 37-match win streak going right now, which is freaking impressive. And number three, this will be Missouri's stiffest test until the very last duel weekend before the duels when they'll face NC State, who is now ranked third, Missouri's ranked fourth. Now remember, the highest-ranked non-Big Ten team will will face the highest-ranked Big Ten team for the national title. I so, think me, me, you... Mike Moyer and twenty Division One programs know this. The one that now all of our listeners, Tommy, we've been talking about this for two weeks, so we got a few more people. Okay, we did have decent ratings a few weeks back. Um, so, uh, so Missouri, if they beat Oklahoma State, it's going to set up a showdown between them and North Carolina State, who are the, so they're the top two non-Big Ten programs right now. Right. And the winner will get to go for the national title against, looks like it's going to be Penn State. I don't think anyone's beating them until then. Come on. Come well, on. they don't face Iowa. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the Buckeyes ain't going to do it, are they? Right. Well, right. <laughs> Tommy's predictions were, I think, Listen, didn't you predict like 21 I'm, to 9? Ohio State? I'm always predicting the Buckeyes. <laughs> always. And I also believe it. That's the crazy part. Buckeyes versus Superman. The Buckeyes. Buckeyes versus Jesus. Mm, the Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. And Ohio State. Oh, we want Ohio State's going to beat Michigan State, so that's no no big deal there. I think. I'm hoping. I hope so. If you're, right, they're man. in trouble if not. All right. You got anything else? I got nothing else. That was a nice little episode we had there. So who are we scouting next week, and what up-and-coming program do we want to uh, talk or just, I don't know who we're scouting. I tweeted it out, and hey, we got so many names. We did IMR this week. Um, I don't know. We could do Deringer, but he's another one where you ain't got much on him. We need to scout someone who's not very good, so we have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, we can scout. We'll, we'll find somebody. And we tried to. We scouted IMR. We did our best. Did our best. Did our yeah. best. There's not. There's not much to go with there. Sometimes you just gotta. You gotta work with what you got. <laughs> so uh, hey, let's thank our sponsors one more time. Defend Defense. soap. Defend what you have built. I love it. Yeah, they sent me I, I some products and I'm using it. And I, I like that tea trail smell that, that makes them nice and fresh, you know? <laughs> my, I think my <laughs> wife likes it too. She's been hitting on me a little more since I started using some defense soap. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then uh, All Force Nutrition. Check them out. Use the coupon code FUNKY for 25% off. Tommy, you have a great night. Listeners. You too, brother. You can get this on Wednesday, so you guys have a great day. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.